Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast review of the Spanish Grand Prix. This was a race in which Charles Hart was broken, Max's DRS was broken, and has Mercedes poor form been broken too? We will discuss this and many other things within this podcast. And when I say we, I'm talking about me, but I'm also talking about Jimmy and Joe as well. How are you both getting on after that? And I know you've just been watching the football, so the adrenaline is pumping. And it has been for hours now, hasn't it, Joe? Uh, yeah, I was really enjoying costing Liverpool the title until about 15 minutes ago. Um, still glad they didn't win it. Um, so, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a good day of sport overall. It's the Indy 500 qualifying as well today, isn't it? I mean... Yes, it it is indeed. I see that you've got the modesty and the humility of that social media sensation from Miami by saying that you were personally costing Liverpool the the Premier League I was. (laughs) Every football fan believes their actions are single-handedly responsible for their team. Like, you know, if you go to the toilet in the middle of the game, that will ultimately have a drastic effect on the outcome. Definitely. Of course. You to know, be yeah. fair, I do yeah. I do feel yeah. like that in so, with any sport yeah, that exactly, I watch. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm not you quite know, that. You are responsible. But what if you really need the toilet, though? That's the thing, isn't it? But, yeah, but, but, yeah. But you could cost the I've, team. I, I have suffered, Jimmy, on numerous occasions in my years <laughs> as a sporting fan. You can't go to the toilet. Even, oh, I want. I once. I once decided it was worth the risk when we when we did, we'd just gone three 0 up in the 80th minute against Reading, and I thought, I I can go to the toilet here, and it, it didn't. That that's the only time I've ever been confident enough to go during. Have you ever been caught short? So, no, can't can't. That's good. I, don't risk yeah. it on any other occasion. Good. Well done. And Jimmy, how are you getting on? Did you enjoy the race? Yeah, I did. Um, I'm a bit, yeah, it was a bit, I'm a Villa fan for everybody watching, so I saw Villa go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I am, indeed. Um, I saw Villa go uh, 2 nil up, and then. <laughs> that's that's not the race. No, 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 it's not, no. Yeah, I, I, I asked you about the race. I said, yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and you two started talking about yeah. football. But that's absolutely fine. How about I ask a more targeted question, one that might not get you off topic, because, of course, people are fascinated by football, but some are more fascinated by Formula One. What are we going to rate that Spanish Grand Prix out of 10? I'm expecting higher than Miami. Well, I'll tell you in a minute, but first uh, I'd rate the uh, Wolves versus Liverpool (laughs) game a solid... No, no. I'd say the Spanish Grand Prix was a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. That is a high score from Joe especially. Jimmy, are we agreeing? I was going to go 6 out of 10. I, ge- I think that's possibly yeah. the first time Jimmy's ever given a lower score than yeah. me. I quite, I, I quite enjoyed that. Why, why did you give it only a six, Jimmy? I don't, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a. It's a good race, but um, as you both know, Verstappen's not my favourite person. And uh, oh yeah, <laughs> so your rating's not objective, no, it's is not it? At all. So if you can't diminish the quality of a race based on who your favourite drivers I can, are, and I just did. Um, it's poor brief rundown of what happened during the race Uh, at the beginning we saw well there were six people first of all let's let's say this there were six drivers that could have won the race 
this weekend and that was something that that we all enjoyed was it yeah i mean i wouldn't i would say mercedes had a very very outside shot but yeah i suppose they're back aren't they not not, not dominating back, back. like they used to be but they they are in that that fight now i certainly think um, that they could be sort of comparable to sort of red bull in the 2017 18 you know, clearly slower than the top two, but able to nick a win if the conditions are right. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll see that going forward. And may- maybe maybe they'll continue developing and get right back into the fight. Yeah, because the point is now, it, it's a, a lot of the teams had um, updates this weekend, but it's who can refine the setup to get the best out of those updates. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe it'll be a bit weird in Monaco next time out, but Barcelona is a good indicator. If you've got a good car there, over the season, you tend to have a pretty solid piece of equipment. And yes, Mercedes didn't win the race, but they seem to be back in it alongside Red Bull and Ferrari, all with different strengths and weaknesses, which is an intriguing watch uh, for everyone. So that was the first thing I wanted to touch on. But then at the beginning, um, there was a little bit of argy-bargy with Lewis Hamilton and Kevin Magnussen. Mm. Uh, Lewis got a puncher. It was a racing incident, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. I think Lewis in particular was really unlucky in the incident, given that he was just sort of driving on what was a normal line. But then it, it was definitely a racing incident. Neither driver was at fault. And that, and that put Lewis to the back of the pack. And Kevin, Kevin well, Magnus. yeah, other than Magnussen, yeah. yeah. And half a minute behind, obviously, as well. This is also true because he limped back to the pits at a pit stop. Yeah, had to make up a 30-second gap to the back of the field as well. That's, it, it, to, if we had to have caution Brain, it would probably be Magnussen rather than Hamilton. Hamilton was just driving and then Magnussen tried to sling it around the outside and it didn't quite work, so, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he... <laughs> The, the way the rules are, Magnussen doesn't require um, room on the on the outside because it's Hamilton's corner. Magnussen wasn't ahead of Lewis. Um, he was alongside. It was unlucky. But Leclerc led away and, and built quite a comfortable lead ahead of Max Verstappen and George Russell. And then there was Perez and Sainz, right? Until... Sainz and Verstappen had a bit of a whoopsie, didn't they, going into turn three? Bit of wind, and they're sailing into the gravel. They managed to keep it going, though, but it gave Perez and George Russell the opportunity to get ahead of those two. So that was an intriguing thing, and it it was relevant with some of the topics that we'll talk about later. Leclerc looked set to win. He had a reliability problem. His engine broke down. He was out of the race. There was heartbreak for him, as I said at the top of the podcast. And that left the gap open for Red Bull to take a win. Off George Russell, who was leading at the time, and we'll talk more on him, um, there was a little bit of controversy with Perez having to give the place to Max Verstappen a couple of times in the race. He wasn't happy about that. Max Verstappen had some problems with DRS, but he managed to win the race. Hamilton managed to get back to fifth place in the end which wasn't bad from last we will get into it in more detail now though because it's time to name our biggest winner we'll start with you joe so i'll go for my biggest winner as being max verstappen um i know he won the race but um yeah i mean he's won 
and his biggest title rivals retired. That's a 25-point swing that leads him to uh, be leading the championship, which, you know, after a couple... After the first uh, two retirements... Three races? Yeah, Yeah. after the first three races, some people were saying that was the title race over. So Max has done really well to get back into it and had some luck, but obviously he had some bad luck earlier in the season, so these things even out. They certainly do, and... He was driving angry at some points this race. Uh, Martin Brundle made the point that it doesn't usually suit him, but he managed to get through that anger. And they talk about in sport um, winning on your worst days as a, as a mark of a good champion's campaign um, over a season. And I think that was a good example this weekend. Jimmy, are you agreeing with Max? Are you thinking along the lines of mercedes perhaps like myself no i was going to go along the same lines as joe but red bull uh one two can't really argue with that i mean leclerc unfortunately didn't finish and then science didn't really um yeah just went off and they've been thinking finished fourth um so yeah they they've managed to get a, a strong lead on uh ferrari now and the constructors and max obviously leading in the, the driver so yeah definitely a, a good weekend for red bull I still think that car looks really fragile, though. I mean, yeah, I was going it's to like, say it. You say, you say it, it is a good weekend in terms of results for Red Bull, but there was certainly a lot of sort of worrying moments for them. Yeah. Like, the DRS is they, You know, the, the DRS not working, um, Max having his weird cutout that he had that might be the DRS, but maybe not. Um, but, yeah, so there's still concerns there for them, but... As I say, it's worked out for them, yeah. but maybe in the long term, yeah, it, it there is definitely concern with like the DRS. They had that all last season as well, didn't they? Horner put it down to just trying to save weight, and sometimes you have issues as a result of that. But it, I, I found it amusing. Ted Kravitz's commentary on Red Bull just about an hour before the race, taking an agricultural approach to trying to fix the the. DRS by sanding it down and things like that but um, I suppose whatever does the trick wins the race and and that's what came about for Red Bull and Max Verstappen I have an alternative answer I I don't think either of you would argue that my answer is bad in Mercedes because I think that they have come a long way Mm -hmm. uh, since the start of the season and the drivers particularly are clearly happy. The fact that Toto Wolff is doing interviews again suggests that he's quite pleased because he'd been shying away from the media uh, quite a bit up until this point. Um, so they must be confident to a certain extent. Um, so, yeah, it's great to have three cars, six drivers fighting it out for wins. That's what we want to see in Formula One. So... That's why I'm going to go for Mercedes. Biggest loser is one of the top three teams that we haven't discussed, and that is Ferrari for me. They are the biggest loser because Carlos Sainz at home, yeah, it might have been the win, but he would have hated spinning off the track in his home race. He had a poor start off the line. Arguably, starting third with a headwind like that, he was in the best position to make up places at the start. Um, and potentially lead away but he didn't make it work and 
he was fortunate to get fourth place, to be fair. Uh, and, and he only got fourth place because Hamilton had to back off in the last lap and a half uh, because of a reliability scare, because it was just under 40 degrees, wasn't it? It was really hot temperatures, and that's probably what led to the Charles Leclerc uh, engine failure. In fact, that reminds me, uh, there was a tweet by Mercedes. This isn't my line of the week, but Mercedes tweeted, um, it's hot, maybe too hot. Um, and it reminded me of an in-betweeners quote from Neil. So <laughs> that just made me laugh a bit. Uh, Jimmy, are you agreeing with me on Ferrari as the biggest loser or do you have an alternative perspective? Uh, again, on the similar lines, but I was going to go Charles de Klerk, um, simply because he entered the weekend with a 19-point lead. Uh, Verstappen had been eating away at that uh, considerably, uh, especially with the win in Miami and in Imola. Um, but yeah, and it looked like he was cruising most, to be honest, today. It didn't look like Red Bull had the pace. Um, and yeah, really unfortunate from his point of view. So, so yeah, I was going to go with Charles Leclerc. Um, but he did say after the, the race, when it was in the media pen, took a very pragmatic approach saying that, you know, with made a step forward this weekend in terms of race pace, um, which is where Ferrari traditionally struggle. Um, so, yeah, maybe in Monaco it'll be his weekend. Uh, it hasn't been uh, his weekend in Monaco ever. ever. Yeah, as you were saying, especially last weekend, I think, because he smashed up Lauda's Ferrari. Bless Nicky. Well, it, it was three years ago this week, wasn't it, that we unfortunately lost him and. We were talking the other day when we had dinner together about how special Nicky Lauda was for the sport. And um, he, we still miss yeah, him. Indeed. You could just imagine how brilliant he would have been um, in the interviews, uh, giving his thoughts on Mercedes' struggles and their return to form. Um, it, it brings a smile to your face, doesn't it? Joe, who was your biggest loser? Are you agreeing with the Ferrari Slash Leclerc train. Or I'll just go for something different. I'll uh, I'll go for Haas. Had a really poor race um, after a really pro- promising qualifying. Mick Schumacher didn't get his first points like you predict. Well, you predicted a podium for him, didn't you? You madman. Did I do that this week? I can't remember. You did. Oh right, well, yeah. Well, it was a really promising Saturday for them, uh, eighth and tenth on the grid. Um, and if you convert those, that's really good points for a team like Haas. Um, but absolute disaster of a race. Magnussen out of it pretty much straight away. I had to settle for just sort of trundling round at the back. And Mick Schumacher looked at one point like he would be able to hang on, but then the guys behind with the fresh tyres just made short work of him, which must have been quite sad. Just to not really been able to do anything but yeah not the greatest race for them now the thing with Haas to remember is they were one of the few teams that didn't bring upgrades this weekend Mm. they are looking to bring their upgrades later on um, around the end of July in France so you will see them potentially leapfrogs a few of the teams that have leapfrogged them Um, they will hope at least Uh, we will move on because there, is, there, there were quite a few moments at the weekend, wasn't there? Uh, Jimmy, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so my moment of the weekend um, would have to be the battle between, um, well, Russell uh, in particular, um, his battle against Perez and Verstappen. Um, 
he hasn't had many chances since being at Mercedes to battle um, Verstappen and Perez. Um, but yeah, he did a great, great job. Um, and it shows them, um, shows everybody that he's uh, the real deal. I don't think that he's as quick as Hamilton in race trim. Um, I still think, I think uh, Hamilton had better race pace throughout the, the race. Um, Hamilton had insane race did. pace. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and it just, I think. But it is worth noting that Russell did have the two Red Bulls. Uh, you know, he was having to defend for most of the race, and that obviously yeah, right. not only and takes he, away from the lap itself, but it probably has an effect on heating and tyres. Yeah, so you know, it's hard to judge. I completely agree, Jimmy. My moment of the weekend was the same thing. It was George Russell putting the car in the right parts of the track at the right time. Well, Max Verstappen, yep, he didn't have his DRS all of the time, but he was getting flustered. And George was staying calm and defending brilliantly. Um, I think Mercedes probably do have the best driver pairing on the grid. I think we we can be fairly certain of that now. I know Russell hasn't won a race yet. And I thought maybe for a moment that this was the weekend that we'd seen that. And then Verstappen and Perez just flew past. So maybe not. But great shout, Jimmy. Mostly because I agree with you. Joe, what was your moment? Um, I'm going to go to qualifying and go for Charles Leclerc's pole lap because it was a really, really good uh, under pressure. He basically spun on his first run on Q3 and Max Verstappen set a time four tenths faster than we anything we'd seen before. Um, and everyone thought that's a lap that's blown everyone out of the water. Charles going to have one lap to try and get somewhere near to that, maybe salvage a second on the grid. And Charles then pulls out on his one, one shot in qualifying, um, three tenths even on Verstappen's fantastic lap. So I think that was a really, really good moment from uh, from Charles and shows the talent that he's got. Yeah, better than Verstappen, right? Yeah, you're coming round to our way of thinking. Verstappen's still better. I don't think so. Is Verstappen still better? Who won the race? Who, who well, the race that, yeah, but he broke down. I mean, yeah, I could be in the lead of the yeah. race and I broke down and then I'm not the... Yeah. Mm. Weird, though, because that was your excuse for a Paris outperforming Verstappen, which uh, you seem to have gone quite quiet. Well, I, I reckon that in this race, Perez could have won. But anyway, let's not get bogged down. He finished 13 seconds Because he was behind, pissed off Jimmy. because Red Bull told him to... Give up the place. <laughs> he dropped there. Yeah, I think he, he was. was. Yeah. Not because he was slower and on all no, the No, I genuinely tires. think he was. What do we think about Red Bull putting in team orders at this early stage of the championship? I agree with it. I don't know, because they, they were on different strategies, and Max probably would have got past. So it's like, do you want to rear, especially at a place that's quite difficult to overtake at, do you want to risk your cars going side by side? And throwing away a one-two when Ferrari are really, you know, out of it. You know, they had to get the one-two, and Max was go. Max was going to win this. Either going to win this race, or they weren't going to finish. There's no way Perez would have kept Max behind the whole time. I don't know with or at least the RS issues that Max had potentially. But, but if, if you think, I mean, what lap? What lap did Verstappen get passed on? It was about ten laps from the end, wasn't it? Yeah. 10, 15. And he's pulled 13 seconds in those laps. That's more than a I second in that pace advantage. Though. Did Perez not pit? Oh, it did have the, did have the pit. Did it have the pit stop? I can't remember now. He definitely pitted at the end to do the fastest lap. Mm. 
But Max pitted as well. Maybe then, yeah. Maybe after, yeah. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Perez was even going faster after the pits, but... Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with it, anyway. Yeah, to be fair, on the balance, I don't really agree with the team orders, <laughs> but... Yeah. I understand where you're coming from, yeah. I mean... As I say, I think Max Max was Max was either winning this race or they weren't finishing. That's my. Verstappen opinion. gets himself in, and yeah, Red Bull have got themselves into sticky situations before with uh, teammates, um, and maybe that's on their mind. And what Martin Brundle said at the end was quite interesting: that um, when you when Verstappen likes his teammate, you're not a very good teammate um, because it tends to be that you're no one wants to be a good teammate, which makes it difficult for George Russell. Uh, because he's already admitted he quite likes Lewis Hamilton mm. as he's his hero. Yeah. Um, but there's a difference there, of course, um, as they're working towards something. Speaking of Lewis Hamilton, do you want to kick off with your honourable mention, Joe? Yeah. Um, I just think that was a... I mean, look, Lewis hasn't been on his best form this year. That's Even with the, the issues of the Mercedes cars, there's been a few races... Um, Looking at Jeddah and um, Imola, where he's just he's not been on his best form, and you know you could be saying his age getting to him, but this weekend uh, you get him in a car that's not bouncing, and some of the race pace that he showed uh, was was incredibly good. Bottas was seven seconds ahead of Sainz, and Sainz seven seconds ahead of Lewis. Bottas on old tyres, signs on the same tyres as Lewis, and Lewis was catching signs in a faster Ferrari at the same rate but, uh, signs was catching Bottas. He closed seven seconds on a car that should be faster than him. That's fantastic race pace, and he really deserved that P4. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get it. But but really promising for Mercedes in that that they can get race pace out of that car that looks as fast as the Ferrari. Hamilton was only 0.1 of a percent slower than Verstappen in terms of overall race pace, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't bad at all. Of course, what would that be in like seconds? Call it a hundred second lap, then it, it's it's a tenth. Yeah. Well, if you think at one point he must have been about a minute behind the leaders, so behind his teammate, perhaps. So. You know, and so it's finished 12 seconds off George or whatever it was with with those issues. Do you think now, I, I feel like uh, that the car is enough for Lewis to continue his streak of winning a race in each season? Mm. Yeah, as I say, like, uh, the, if they can improve just a little bit more, I think they'll be in that sort of Red Bull 2017-18 slot of being visibly slower than the front two, but when the conditions are right, they can nick a win. And we will see... If that happens, uh, my honourable mention goes to Lando Norris. He finished in eighth place, which doesn't sound tremendously remarkable. But when you consider that he has all the symptoms of coronavirus without having coronavirus, I think a few of us have been there. Um, and it was almost 40 degrees of heat. Uh, he, he couldn't do the interviews. He couldn't even go for the... Uh, national anthem at the start of the race he was really really struggling this weekend and the fact that he managed to pull a few overtakes and get up to eighth place uh, in in that long grueling race without a break in a safety car or anything fair play to him he's done a brilliant job getting that so i've got to give lando a shout out for that jimmy 
<laughs> who, who was your mo- uh, your honourable mention? So my uh, honourable mention was Ocon. SD, SD Bestie, as TikTok exactly, calls him. Exactly, yeah. Um, he, he had a, uh, an average qualifying, I would say. Uh, he was quite annoyed with the team, saying that we could be a bit faster with less some pace on the table. Um, however, um, he had a really good race. He seemed to get past quite a few people at the start. And um, and yeah, had a, had a strong race. So so yeah, very good from uh, Alpine in general. And uh, yeah, there's certainly it's going to be interesting over the course of the season where that goes. The um, the sort of midfield, some races um, McLaren are quicker, some races uh, Alpine are quicker as well. So yeah, be interesting to see what happens. I think Ocon's taken over from Science uh, as a Mister Honourable mention. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, called Science last year, but um, but I think because I said Ocon a few weeks ago as well and uh, he, 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 he really seems to be outperforming Fernando this year um, and just sort of consistently seems to be finishing 7th and 8th uh, which for a team like Alpine is really going to stack up the points. Well done to him I, I, I think there were quite a few honourable mentions. Well yeah I mean I can't believe no one said Bottas, I mean the guy was running, he was running in fourth for most of the race. He was running third at one point as well, wasn't he? Um, obviously, his tyres just went off the cliff at the end. Another bit I forgot to mention in the Lewis, but actually was uh, that middle stint on the mediums that Lewis did, where he made the tyres last much, much longer than anyone else did and was maintaining pace. I think, unfortunately for Valtteri, the tyres did just go off at the end. Um, he was but, on a two-stop where most went three. Yeah, and... but, but again, sixth in an Alfa Romeo when, you know, his teammate is sort of Runs. I know he retired today, but he retired when he was in sort of fourteenth or so. Uh, Bottas is just so consistent up at the at the front end of the midfield. I don't think it was. It's unfeasible to say the way that this race had gone. Like if it had unravelled in a different way, you could have had a Hambot Verstappen podium. Not in that order, mm. perhaps. I would. I would love that to happen at some point this season. <laughs> that would yeah, be because it. If that happened, they they would beat the record for the most podiums as three uh, three drivers together. Yeah, it, <laughs> I think they're drawn at the moment. I don't know who with. It's got um, to be Schumacher and somebody, surely. Schumacher or Hamilton and somebody, because Hamilton's had the most. Oh yeah, it might, it might maybe Hamilton, Vettel, Rosberg. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Because the Hamilton, Vettel and Alonso is pretty infrequent. I think it's only happened like two or three times. Yeah, but it is. we could have a whole conversation about that, but we, we, we can't. We got to move on to the one of my favourite parts of uh, the race weekends. It's the AJ on the line line of the week. And we begin with Jimmy. So my uh, AJ on the line line of the week. Um, was from George Russell just before he got into the car, uh, talked to Sky News, and they said, um, what do you reckon, do you think you can move up to the, this, through the field? Um, and he says, uh, we will see, we're not here to mess about, which said quite a lot about his mindset during this race, and he's obviously up for it. And I think both the Mercedes drivers, this advantage in pace, um, or the huge increase in pace from Miami to um Spain and considering they got the porpoising sorted out and the cars much better, um, it seems to have boosted their move quite a lot. So who knows where what what happened to Mercedes uh, in the future? I mean, um, if they can get this car hooked up and fine tune it, there's no reason why they can't, as Joe was saying, 
compete with uh, Ferrari and, and Red Bull going forward. Definitely. I'm sorry, I was looking away because I my AJ on the line line of the week was going to be uh, to the radio message that Sergio Perez got a couple of times saying you're not in the same race as Max Verstappen, which factually is not true. And one suspects Sergio Perez is going to be rather upset by uh, the team orders, although we've discussed what uh, the potential outcomes and reasons for that are. So I'm going to do something different. And that is a tweet from ESPN F1, um, who have said the Drake curse strikes again. Because Drake, uh, I, I know we're all big fans, he put on his Instagram story that he has bet on Formula One for the first time his first F1 race, and he bet $230,000 on Charles Leclerc to win the race. And is he a professional better now up, or something? Up until... Has his music career gone down the pan? And, uh, it's, yeah. Well, he, 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 he aligned himself with many different sports people that have gone on to lose um, as soon as he's <laughs> aligned with them. For example, Conor McGregor. Uh, that that one come, sticks out. Um, I wouldn't put any money on Colin McGregor. Drake did. He and, a lot of money. <laughs> it, yeah, he did. Well, he he has that tendency. He and that's why it's called the Drake curse. It was just quite an amusing one to see how much money Drake had lost, and he he looked to shoe in to make some money until Charles Leclerc had his heartbreak moment. Um, just an amusing one. Um, over to you, Joe, for your AJ on the line line of the week. My uh, AJ on the line line of the week um, refers to uh, the uh, Aston, the controversial Aston Martin upgrades, which were brought to the uh, Grand Prix, um, where they've brought a car that's very, very, very similar to Red Bulls. Uh, now, uh, Aston Martin have disputed this, saying. Uh, that it's been in development since November, but still an all-round fishy situation. But uh, well, they've reporter... got form, haven't they? And that's the problem for them. Yes, they have got form. Uh, so they've uh, they've switched allegiances from uh, Mercedes to Red Bull. So my line of the week is uh, a reporter who asked Bastian Vettel, uh, four times world champion with Red Bull, whether uh, how it felt to drive a Red Bull again. A bit of a tongue-in-cheek question to ask. <laughs> also, actually, thinking of it now, I also did see a tweet which was excellent. Uh, it was a picture of uh, Max Verstappen's car on top of Lewis Hamilton's car. It looks like a bit like a uh, Red Bull and a Mercedes getting a bit too close and the Aston Martin being the baby. Because, of course, <laughs> the Aston Martin looks like the Red Bull but has the Mercedes engine. So, uh, yeah, that one. You can take that one with it. <laughs> Two for the price of one. We thank you, Joe, <laughs> for your AJ on the line lines of the week. Um, <laughs> now, while we're talking about the FIA, actually, because they've done the investigation and they've found no wrongdoing from Aston Martin, but Red Bull have said, well, can you launch another investigation because we're not too pleased about it? They're basically going to keep asking until they get the answer that they want. And then they'll say, embargo, any other investigation. We've got this sorted, you know, all done and dusted. That's what they do. But what I was going to say is there seems to be a pattern emerging um, where people within Formula One are having a pop at the FIA. 
Um, because Fernando Alonso was in hot water for calling the stewards from the Miami Grand Prix incompetent um, after giving him a penalty towards the end. And then, of course, there, there was a bit of a... Um, there were moans coming from Esteban Ocon and Carlos Sainz after the FIA didn't put any more protection in uh, the wall in Miami, a concrete wall that both of them hit and got hurt by. Um but then you've also got the pants and jewelry saga. I've got an article on the website about that. And in fact, I spoke in the article about the way that there seems to be a shift um, in, in the waters and where, where Formula One and the FIA, they're kind of pushing each other apart. Uh, the FIA um, and Mohammed bin Salman has have not signed off on the sprint races yet. They've asked for more money from Formula One. Um, Formula One have said no because we already give you more than half of the money that you get so and there seems to be a a bit of a a problem emerging between the two now I was listening to the BBC F1 podcast Andrew Benson was talking about it their chief writer and he was saying that he understands that Formula One are looking for a way in which they can do Formula One without the, the FIA being too involved um, in the ruling of the sport. Now, they can't have Formula One without the FIA because the FIA lease out Formula One to Liberty Media, who are the commercial rights holders. So they can't leave the FIA altogether. Otherwise, it's not Formula One anymore. But it's it's an interesting di- dynamic. What do you two have to say on this matter, Joe? I wouldn't... I mean... I don't like the FIA. I don't think anyone likes the FIA. But um, I think it would be... I, I would have safety concerns if a sort of private business was to break away from the FIA in terms of running F- F1. Um, not that the FIA doesn't have its faults, um, but, yeah, I would have safety concerns. I would say that also, while I generally agree with the stick that they're getting for some of the points you've outlined they have done some good things this year i think the track limit situation is a lot clearer i agree um you know we don't have any kind of debate on that anymore um so i don't know maybe we're a few steps away from heading in the right direction but i think they are being rightly criticized but i don't think that that they should try and break away from the fia yeah, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. Jimmy, anything more to add before we move on from this brilliant Spanish Grand Prix weekend? And who thought I was going to be saying yeah, that? Um, I'm not sure. Joe makes a lot of good points with sort of safety and that sort of thing. Um, Can I um, make another good point? Of as course. Are you sure it's a good point, though? Because you've had I, one good point. Can you follow it up with another good point? That's yeah, no, it's, it's unrelated. Like, well, it's related... In terms of Adam used the word incompetent, and I'd like to have a, a go at something. The, the TV direction for the past few races has been awful. I mean, it's just... Oh, they, they just don't the seem Spanish to know. The Spanish Grand Prix was better than Miami. I, do you know what, though? Halfway through the race, I read a tweet saying that, and then it just seemed to really deteriorate. There was, there was a bit where... Um, Lewis came in for a pit stop 
and was going to emerge on the track within you know, emerge on track within five tenths of Lando Norris and they filmed him the entire way down the pit lane and then when he got to the exit they just cut to the red balls out front that were about two seconds apart. It's like, what is that? And the amount of times they cut to the, the crowd or something else halfway through a move. That drone as well, it looks like it's been nicked out of bloody Toys R Us. I mean That drone was that drone was rubbish. I mean, I appreciate them trying a different camera angle, but it was rubbish. It didn't um, work, did it? But the amount of times that they just don't seem to know what the interesting bit is. And it's it's really fr- it's really 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 frustrating me at the moment. And they, as you say, if if that was better, then it's I'm surprised they'd allow the drone with the helicopter. If you got it wrong, it could be quite yeah really bad. But the drone's the least of my concerns here. It's the fact that they just don't know what to it's watch. The direction. They just don't know what to watch. What? How can you film a car? I mean. And normally my complaint normally my complaint is they focus too much on pit stops. They will literally pull away from a battle to watch a car trundle all the way down the pit lane, watch the pit stop, trundle all the way back out. And by the time that's happened, there's been about three or four overtakes on track. Yeah. So I don't need to watch a hundred pit stops a race. I know pit stops have a big bearing on strategy and stuff, but I don't need to watch the whole yeah, thing. It's just it's... Do you feel better now, Joe? Yeah, I'd like, I'd like a section added where I can just do that. <laughs> I want a section. I want my own section. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe we've just listened to <laughs> Joe's angry corner <laughs> in our podcast. Right, we've got a quick turnaround. Monaco Grand Prix next weekend. Uh, so let's get some predictions in before we say our goodbyes. Uh, sensible prediction from you. Joe. I can't do Mick Schumacher point again. <laughs> but but it would be quite a sensible one because if he does qualify in the top ten, it'll be easy for him to hold position. But no, I can't do it again. I can't I've got to come up with something different. Um Charles Leclerc to crash out, it's gotta be. It has to that's that's obviously the sensible prediction. The guy is either unlucky or rubbish at Monaco. It's hard to tell which is which. Um, but surely the sensible harsh. prediction is that yeah. Charles Leclerc will not finish the race. Jimmy, are you in agreement? Uh, I'm going to go really safe. Slow-mo of Lawrence Stroll walking up the pit lane for Netflix. Drive to survive. <laughs> what? There we go. Because he's always... Have you seen the slow-mo? What, <laughs> what are you That's talking about? I man. haven't really thought about That's it. That's the most random... Yeah. But it's quite a safe bet, isn't well, it? Well, do you reckon there's going to be a bit of uh, feisty-feisty between Horner and Stroll? Yeah, there'll be like Horner with his hands on his hips and then Lawrence Stroll walking past like he's going to sue him or something like that. Maybe, yeah. they'll, uh, maybe they'll cut to that inst- instead of the only overtake of the race like they did last yeah. year. Instead of Lance Stroll popping up on the screen, it'll be Lawrence yeah. Stroll. Just as we get the only <laughs> overtake of the race coming yeah. up. I don't know. Maybe that is quite a crazy thing to say. Or I might just say, I don't know, uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, podium. Hold on, I've not done my sensible Yeah, oh, yeah come on. Yet, no, 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 this was his second sentence. Yeah. He wants two. No. I mean, to be fair, actually, I gave two. <laughs> don't worry, because I'm going to come and with, come in with my brilliance, because what I've done is I've covered both sides 
of the coin um, with my sensible prediction then my bold prediction which I'll say after my sensible prediction is in agreement with Joe Charles Leclerc will crash my bold prediction is Charles Leclerc will win the race because either way I feel like I'm going to be right he's either going to win it or bin it isn't he yeah he is <laughs> do you have a bold prediction Joe I'll go with a Valtteri Bottas win the guy is a great qualifier if he sticks it, sticks it on the front mm. row of the grid, gets into the lead That's after turn crazy. one, no one gets past him. So, bold prediction. Banzai predictions. Remember that word I used to use? <laughs> We're back. And what is your Banzai prediction, Jimmy? My Banzai prediction is that there'll be a double points scoring for Williams. I knew you were going to say Williams. Well, they, they'll hope so after... What was pretty tough weekend for Alex Albon? Latifi beat him. Yeah. Latifi had a decent weekend. Yeah. Uh, and he needs one because he's under pressure and could even lose his seat. Nick's so, under pressure from even Nick. Even though his dad's the owner, pretty much. Not owner, but it significantly backs the sponsorship deal. Yeah, yeah but Williams, Williams don't need as much uh, financial support now that uh, Formula One is <laughs> profitable. And absolutely booming in every country. It was it was so popular in Barcelona that they had to build another grandstand. It was crazy again. Really? Oh. And I can imagine the Monaco paddock is going to be absolutely ramo. Mm. So we look forward to seeing who, who turns up there. It's time to end. Thank you very much for listening. Wherever you are, whether you're walking your dog, uh, driving your car probably not Formula One car, uh, that's unlikely, um, or doing whatever else. Uh, thank you for spending a bit of time listening to us talking about a sport that we love. So, yeah, it really means a lot. Um, and if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Um, leave us a rating. Leave us some comments. I've, I've had a lot of comments on Instagram about my views of which Grand Prix we need on the F1 calendar. Um, so if you haven't seen those videos go over to Instagram at AdamJW44 or on TikTok at AJOnTheLine um, you can go to our website AJOnTheLine.com to read my latest articles and you can follow us on Twitter at AJ underscore on the underscore line we will see you very soon because it's the Monaco Grand Prix next weekend I look forward to speaking to you Jimmy and Joe and you back wherever you are very soon stay safe and thank you for listening again